Clear Channel's iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. Better than before. An hour of beauty, health, fitness, and lifestyle advice from renowned columnist and author Jane Wilkins Michael and her guest, top experts in their fields. Join Jane's campaign to become better than before. Now, here she is, Jane Wilkins Michael. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show, Better Than Before on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm Jane. I'm coming to you live from New York City. I want to thank you so much for being with us. Now, as always, one of the highlights of this show, when I bring on my beloved producer, Lori Houston, who eats her leafy greens and has therefore never had a heart attack, like my husband, the lawyer. So, lawyer, please take note of Lori's lifestyle habits. Okay. Well, you've never had a heart attack either, Jane. But no. You know, but I eat my, know. I eat my leafy greens. Uh, yes, you do. There you go. <laughs> so, we have a great show today. After the break, we are going to be speaking with S. Epatha Merkerson. She is an Emmy, Golden Globe, SAG, and four-time NAACP Image Award winner, who has won critical acclaim for her work in theater, film, and television. And this fall, she'll be on a new series on NBC, Chicago Med. But now S. Epatha plays a different role. Twelve years ago, she was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and is now working with Merck and the American Diabetes Association on the America's Diabetes Challenge. And we'll hear all about that after the break. So please stay tuned for that. But first, first, I am absolutely delighted to bring on a good friend, Linya Floyd. She is the health director at Family Circle Magazine. Linya is a wellness expert, fitness enthusiast, and award winning journalist who appears regularly. On nationally syndicated television, she has a long history of working at prominent women's magazines, including Essence, Glamour, Seventeen, and Parenting. She has done it all. Oh, did I say fitness enthusiast? Well, well, it's more than just an enthusiast. The other night, we went to an event that was sponsored by Lifetime, the Healthy Way of Life company, and Target. It was called the C9 Challenge. It challenged nine core areas of the body in 39 minutes. Well, Linya was able to do all nine core areas, even the burpees and the jump squats. Well, I watched her in awe, sitting in the lotus position on my mat. So you might say she's a fitness pro. She could have given that class herself. Welcome to the show, Linya. Thank you so much for being with us. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Jane. You <laughs> give quite an introduction. I struggled in that class just like many others, but it was a very fun ride. And I will leave the teaching to Adam. I am not <laughs> at all it. capable of, uh, oh, I definitely felt it afterwards. So sure. Oh, oh, sure. But um, no, it, Adam it, he's the he's the best. He was really good. So. He was fantastic. Now, excuse me for a minute, Linia, but I have to ask Lori something. Lori, you do know that I'm a marathon runner, right? Oh, I have heard the stories, Jane. Well, I'm not, <laughs> but Linia is. And I just wanted to throw that in. And we'll, we'll talk about how I can train a little bit later for the marathon, the New York City Marathon, I believe. Linia, right? Is that coming up? Yes, that so, is correct. Unfortunately, unfortunately, last time I ran for the phone, I ended up slipping on the carpet and breaking my leg. But I digress. <laughs> I'm going to do better oh, next time. <laughs> so, Linya, first let's talk a little bit about the magazine Family Circle. Yeah. I believe that the first issue came out in, what, 1932, I think? Yes. We have uh, been around forever. Forever. And it has yeah. outlived countless others because it is truly family friendly, as its title says. And it makes life so much easier for your readers. And as you know, and Laurie knows, we all know that we are inundated with too much coming in at us constantly from all sides. So I'm all for a magazine that really simplifies everything. And and Family Circle does just that. And it's a trusted brand. And it has been able to succeed for all these years when so many others have not. So what is the secret to its longevity, Linya? Is it because it does make it so easy for all your readers? Well, that's part of it. I definitely believe that we make things a lot simpler for women. We're answering 
all of those questions that you need to get through the day, right? What's for dinner? How can I stay healthy? How can I keep my family healthy? What should I wear? How do I keep this house organized? Um, you know, that's what everybody's struggling with, and we address those in really simple and accessible ways. So they're easy to execute. And I always like to think of reading magazines as this kind of leaning back experience. So when you're on the Internet and you're searching for something that's like very leaning in, but magazines are a leaning back experience. You can sit back with us, whether you have five minutes or 50 minutes or two hours, and you'll get all of that problem solving delivered to you. Um, Family Circle reaches 18 million readers. We have a lot of different women um, and men um, mm -hmm. out there who are reading the book. But what we're really focusing on, we say, you know, our tagline is we focus on moms of tweens and teens. We're really focusing on these chief operating officers of the household, right? The person right. who is in charge of making that house run almost seemingly effortlessly, run smooth, seemingly effortlessly. And we're just here to give her the tools to be able to, the tools and the tricks <laughs> right. to be able to do that. And that, that would be me. That would be me. Although, as we mentioned, the lawyer mm, doesn't always listen mm. to the CEO of household management here. But I am just reading and your um issue that you, the August issue, which is right in front of me, well, just know that you had yeah. me at the best barbecue ever, so that's... <laughs> right? <laughs> you, and you the person who came up with it, right? <laughs> uh, right, exactly. This is it. Um, but there's also a quickie workout called Eight is Enough, right? So let's, yeah. even though we did nine core parts, but let's talk about that story. <laughs> <if you will. laughs> yeah, one of the things that I love about that story, again, we're coming... We're trying to make things simple for our readers. Here are the eight is enough. Here are the essential eight moves that you need because strength training is so overlooked. There's so many people who show up at the gym or they just lace up their sneakers and they just go for a run or they're just going to be on the elliptical. But so basically, I think it's only like 25% of women who do resistance exercises twice a week, which is what experts say that you should do. But we need that muscle. We need the strength training. The less muscle you have, the slower your metabolism is. So we break it down. Here are the eight moves that you need to do. We show how to do them. Very simple, very basic. Knock these out, and you'll get toner. You'll get fitter. I think we were talking about this a little bit um, at that class. You know, people get so obsessed with the number on the scale, the weight, um, how much they weigh. And yes, muscle does weigh more than fat, which I think is one of the things that kind of scares people away. But you really want to get your body fat down. You want that muscle because it is going to speed up your metabolism and it's going to make you stronger. Frailty is one of the things that really does eat away at people and it makes you less capable of bouncing back from an illness or preventing illness. So you want that muscle in your body. We're not not going to all look like Arnold Schwarzenegger from doing, you know, twice a week, <laughs> twice right? a week getting our, our exercise, our getting our strength training in. So it really is key. Well, that is true. And I'm looking at this, not a, I'm, I'm reading this as we're talking and it, there is not a, a elliptical machine in the bunch here, which is a good nope. thing and not a swimming pool either. I don't think I've been in a suit. I don't think I've been in a suit since the Taft administration and I'm not going to start oh, now. <laughs> I think, I, I think I, I don't like swimming. My husband doesn't swim because he says his bones are too heavy. That I have never heard. No, I just don't swim because no. I don't like Swimming is fantastic exercise. It's exhausting because you're yeah. working out your entire body. Um, but if you have access to a pool, it's a really great workout, particularly if you have trouble with impact, with high-impact exercises. And I know that those are all the rage right now, right, those, those high-intensity workouts. But if you have trouble with that, if you're not the person who's going to be jumping up and down off the box, get into that pool. Do, you know, do either, you know, go swimming or do some of the swimming-inspired classes that they have out there. They have you know, aqua aerobics, they have, you can ride a bicycle in a, you know, a pool as a workout oh class God. now. So, oh yeah, my God, they're taking spin into the pool. That is like Absolutely. my nightmare. Right? I have to <laughs> no. tell you, that's just, you have to find, and this is what we always tell our listeners, is that you have to find something you like to do, because if you don't like it, you're not going to do it. You can put uh, on Bicycles yeah, I would take it a step further. Find that thing you love to do and find it as early as you can. You know, it's not about finding that thing when you start to panic, when you like hit your 40s and the weight doesn't seem to come off as soon as it used to. You know, find that thing in your 20s. Find that thing in your 30s. So you have that down pat and you can keep coming back to it. 
Right. And there's still time. Lori and I aren't 20 yet, so we still have time. Right, awesome. Fantastic. I had no idea, ladies. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Lady. Neither did I. <laughs> Uh, but you know something you mentioned about stronger bones, Linya. We do have, as we get older, women have a tendency to get pre-osteoporosis, osteopenia. You know, your bones do get more frail. And yeah. it's not like if you have osteoporosis that it's going to break all your bones. If you could fall, and that's how it could happen. So exercise really does work toward strengthening everything, which is a good thing as you get older. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. We actually have an upcoming story. So stay tuned for that. That's not in our September issue. It's in a later issue um, talking about uh, that specific issue. So, yes, you definitely want to get as strong. Think of it as getting strong. Everybody thinks about losing weight, but make part of your motivation that you want to be strong, that you want to be fit, that you don't want to get winded as easily, that, um, you know, you don't want your feet to hurt because you're they're carrying so much weight, Um, you know, make wanting to feel good. I mean, you know, even if it's not all those things, think about that little endorphin boost that you get after you exercise. God, doesn't that feel great? Oh, it does. It does. I know. After I finished my 26 miles today, I, I feel so good. I feel like I could, I feel like I've just taken a whole, you know, bottle of Xanax sort of thing, but not really. I mean, and you know, <laughs> Which I don't really it's just the first couple of minutes that I think that people dread. It's the the 30 seconds that it takes to get out of bed early and to get the workout done. Or while you're, you know, to, to you know, put on the exercise clothes and get out that door. And then once you're in it, you're in it. And you're going and you're doing your workout and you're feeling good about the fact that you got it in. And you're going to get the endorphin boost. And the rest of your day or the rest of your night will be great. Yeah. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about motivation. Um, When I saw you during our uh, session, our workout session, I asked you how you get motivated. And as a runner, I'm sure there are days that you just don't want to do it, especially in training. I know I don't ever. But um, (laughs) can you share some of your 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 tricks, as it were, your suggestions for, you know, when you wake up and you go, oh, gosh, I don't even feel like going to work. I mean, I don't, that's to say nothing of going out and taking a run or going to an <laughs> exercise class. I mean, that's like the last thing on my mind. But how do you, what's the little self-talk that says, look, I mean, get it, do it in the morning, get it over with. So at night you get even more tired. Some people, I cannot, um, you know, work out late because I'm, I'm tired. I, I'm better in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what do you tell yeah. yourself when you have to take that run and when you have to go well you don't have to but when you when you want to um what do you tell yourself to make it easier for you to do it well the first thing that i want to say is that motivation is going to be different for every single person so what works for me may not work for you jane it may not work for you Lori. it may not work for your listeners but there are so many different ways that you can find motivation and sometimes you do have to dig deep um but i want to encourage people to do it so one may be accountability right i love it when i have i'm meeting up with somebody for a run or i'm meeting up with someone for a spin class i'm not going to let them down i'm not going to leave them standing in the park waiting for me so (laughs) so accountability could be that thing that gets you to show up. It could be excitement. Maybe you really like taking different types of classes. Maybe there's an instructor that you really like following who is amazing at just getting you charged during that workout. So definitely going back to that, like trying different things, trying different classes. The thing that you didn't think that you liked when you were 20 could be the thing that you love at 40. Um, Having a goal is one of the things that works for me, obviously. So I have this goal. November 1st, I'm going to be running 26.2 miles. That means that I need to do all these other little steps of my training schedule to get there. I can't leave those steps off and expect to have a great November 1st. So having a goal, it doesn't have to be a marathon. It could be a 5K. It could be a 10K. Um, It could be that you're traveling someplace for a race and you want to have a really great experience doing that. So you stick to your schedule. Um, It could be that you just want to inspire good, healthy habits or instill good, healthy habits in your kids. And one of the best ways to do that is demonstrating them, right? Mm -hmm. So demonstrating them, showing them this is what we're all doing together as a family. Let's go. Um, 
but I think for me, just personally, really accountability is the biggest thing. You know, meeting people. Um, I tweet about um, things that I do. I have this 101 days of fitness hashtag that I use in every single one of those 101 days. I'm posting, here's what happened today. Here's what happened today. Here's what happened today. And just knowing that I have to do that, you know, keeps being fit front of mind. Um, it could be, you know, that you want to post on Facebook about what you're doing. It could be joining a Facebook group of people who are of a like-minded fitness. So a lot of these races that I do um, have Facebook pages where people are talking about their workouts. You might join a running group or a cycling group or something like that on Facebook, and that can be motivational because everybody's checking Facebook every day. Right. And you see, you know, somebody else, you know, went out for an amazing bike ride this morning. You think, I really want to do that. Okay, I'm really going to leave work at, you know, 5 o'clock or 5.30 and make sure that that happens. Um, But I would say, you know, tinker around with different things and see what works for you. If you have to put the alarm clock all the way on the other side of the room, do that. Yeah, you have to get up and turn it off. (laughs) Get up and turn it off. Or one of my favorite things to do is plan out your, you know, don't make it an afterthought. Plan out your workouts for the week, right? On Sunday night, say, Monday I'm doing this, Tuesday I'm doing this. Wednesday, I'm going to rest. Thursday, I'm going to go here, you know, and put that into your schedule so that you make sure that that happens. The same way that you schedule having dinner with friends or, you know, what's going to be for dinner each night that week or what you, you know, so really working it into your schedule and making it an integral, making it the integral and important part of your life that it should be. All right. So you don't run the 26 miles until the actual day, right? So you you never run that long. Oh, okay. I'm correct. just taking so a longest... note here. Do not run 26 <laughs> miles. When is the marathon? When is the date? When is the date? Um, the what? New York City Marathon is November 1st. Okay, November um, 1st. And the longest so most marathon that. schedules have you yes. running is about tw- between 20 and 22 miles before the race because you just you need enough time to recover from such a long run to then go out and do a really good job at the race. And I just want to say, I know it sounds like it's an impossible feat, but I truly believe that anyone can run a marathon if they choose to. Um, you just follow the training schedule and you can do it. I'm not going to, I'm not saying that you can do it in three hours, but I'm saying if you follow your schedule and you, you know, eat well and go to bed on time, you know, I think almost anybody can do run a marathon. Hmm. Lori, are you noting that, please? <laughs> can, can you remind me <laughs> when I say I can't do it? There's just no way I can do it. I'm taking that, notes. Yeah, take notes, please. But uh, so it, for people who really, I mean, some people have bad knees or bad hips. Hello. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but can you incorporate some of the uh, marathon tricks? In other words, can you walk and then like run a post and then walk and run a post? So there, there are ways that you can still Absolutely. up your workout program without actually having to run. So is that a good Absolutely. thing to, to kind of make it each day a little bit longer or a little bit more intense when you're even your walking program? Yes, absolutely. If you just wanted to, I mean, there are people, for the record, there are people who um, walk marathons. I've heard of this um, before. Um, But with walking programs, walking is great exercise, once again, um, you know, because you can get up and all you need are a pair of sneakers. I think that, you know, sometimes finances prevent people from doing a lot of these specialty classes and, you know, joining expensive gyms. But, you know, you can just put on a pair of sneakers and get out there and walking. Um, Interval training, which you can do with walking, um, you know, varying the speeds with, with which you're walking, having, you know, a sprinting section within your walking, doing hills with your walking, that's really going to help out a lot. Um, and just making sure that it's not, sometimes we, we think that we're exerting ourselves, but we're not. We're, we went out and we're walking with our friends and it was more of just kind of a casual pace. You want to be able to um, have a conversation, but not a leisurely conversation with your friend when you're walking so that you get your heart rate going and so that you know that your body is working and you're getting a good workout. So that's in, I, I heard that you can sing. What is it? You can talk, but you can't sing, or you can sing, but you can't talk. I've heard you that, that too. As well. I forget which one it is. <laughs> you, there's one of those that you can't do. I don't Although, know, if singing or talking. I've been guilty of singing on the treadmill before, but nothing longer than a phrase or two. <laughs> Oh, exactly. Well, I, you know, I go on the treadmill. I think I'm doing so well and I'm, you know, getting my speed up and my in, in, incline. And all of a sudden, we've all been there. This person gets next to me, you know, obviously, maybe like the guy who, you know, led 
the class at the C9 um, exercise. <laughs> and there he is. I mean, he's putting it immediately on 15 and running like, know. you know, 10, I mean, it, at a 10. So I'm at like a 3.5. One of the best pieces of advice that I've heard is do not compare your beginning to someone else's middle or somebody else's end. Um, you know, we're, we're all, you have no idea how long that person has been working out or what their fitness is. You know, just don't look at the next treadmill. Stay in your lane. Focus on what you're doing. Race against yourself. Make your workout today better than it was yesterday. I can't help it. These guys usually are very attractive. You know, they're so, they're so like muscly and they're thinking, wow, you know, I want to do that. That's like amazing. Right. And Lori, we've had, we've had very, you know, trainers on the show. We had Dr. Oz's trainer and I'm thinking, you're the one, you're the guy I'm sure who's on that next treadmill to me. And just, you know, thinking I'm doing so well and you know, you, you have to have, well, he, was, he said the exact well, use it. Don't worry about it. You know, don't even well, look. And, or yeah. use him as your motivation then. Yes. <laughs> that yes. could be your motivation, Jane. It is. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping I'd have someone who's very, very slow and like very, very old. And I'd say, I can do better than that. You know, that, that would be my motivation, right? <laughs> so now in the summer when we go out and we run, we're talking about outdoor sports. Um, you know, going back to your July issue, there was a piece in the spotlight about dermatologists who got... Um, skin cancer. And I'm thinking that it is, skin cancer is very preventable, is it not, if you wear sunblock? And and not everyone thinks that way, although they should. What are your thoughts about every day wearing sunscreen, sunblock? You should absolutely be wearing sunscreen every day. I think that there are some places where we fall short when it comes to sunscreen. Um, I think that people forget to reapply. Maybe they do the first thing in the morning and then they forget about it for the rest of the day. Um, Sunscreen does not last forever. Um, Maybe they don't use enough sunscreen. Um, Maybe they forget to cover their whole body. They might just be focused on their face. Um, But you should be covering your whole, you know, every place that's exposed, including your hands, you know, women get, you know, very concerned about what their hands look like. Are you putting sunscreen on your hands? Because it definitely needs to go there. Um, Another thing that I think that people forget to do is getting that annual total body skin check. Um, That is so important. First of all, you know, hopefully you have a dermatologist that you like and you go to um, for that annual skin check. And then when you go, you know, don't wear lipstick, don't wear makeup, uh, don't wear nail polish, you know, so that your doctor can see your entire body. And if you have any questionable moles, if you have anything that you're a little worried about, don't hesitate to talk to your dermatologist, call your doctor about that, because sooner is always better than later when it comes to these things. And um, the other thing I forgot to mention is that people tend to forget about their eyes when it comes to skin cancer, but you really need to get, you know, you should be wearing sunglasses that have UV protection, you know, that broad spectrum of UV protection um, so that you can protect your eyes. Contact lenses have that um, in them, but it doesn't hurt to have another layer, you know, protecting the whites of your eyes also. Um, And there's all this great, it used to be I won't say ugly. It used to be less attractive in the past. There are so many companies out now that make these really cute-looking sun protective pro sun protective clothing, um, not mm-hmm. just for adults, also for kids. Um, so if you are somebody who is particularly fair, uh, fair skinned, um, you know, redhead, um, you definitely want to think about that kind of thing because you can be a little bit more susceptible than uh, the rest of us. But it's just a matter of being mindful of it and doing the best that you can. You know my secret for looking young forever, no one knowing how old you really are? A burka and wraparound sunglasses. Ah! You mentioned sunglasses. So no one knows, you know, nothing, nothing shows. <laughs> Right? <laughs> so, and then you never get the sun either, so it's like a win-win. So, oh, uh, we need sun for vitamin D. So, we do, we do, we do, we do. Well, you know, speaking of vitamin D, I'm talking a little bit about about um, nutrition, which is so so important. And as you know, uh, it wasn't long ago that the only diseases associated with what we ate were really, you know, gout and, mm-hmm. and indigestion. But today, the connection between diet and a host of you know, major and, and minor illnesses is both universally accepted and much better understood. But there are also crazes, you know, gluten-free, for example. I yeah. asked someone recently who followed a gluten-free diet what, what, what gluten was, and she goes, hmm, she had to think for a minute, she goes, oh, it's the part of the wheat that makes you fat. I said, <laughs> no, I think we're missing the point here. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> That's so funny. So, but, you know, sometimes we follow trends br- blindly. We don't know why. But there's got to be some very, very, you know, basic nutrition advice because that helps with everything. It helps with our, our exercise program. It helps with our long-term health. Of course it does. You, you know, what you eat directly affects your health. So what are some of your personal tips and suggestions for getting our diet just a little better than before? I will tell you these things, and I, I fully acknowledge that your listeners are going to think, I know, I know, I know, but they probably don't do these things. Um, one is drinking water. Uh, I think that a lot of people are walking around completely dehydrated. Um, they're not being mindful of what they're drinking or they're drinking, um, you know, energy drinks or, um, you know, uh, sodas and juices. So just think back to the last time you just had a glass of water. You just had a cup of water. One of the things that I like to do is when I wake up in the morning, it's, you know, have that be the first thing that I, that I have, you know, a glass of water, maybe a little squeeze of, of lemon in it um, just to, you know, rehydrate myself. You know, the other day I woke up and I was so dehydrated because I had the air conditioner on and, you know, you know, all those hours in the night, it just kind of dries you out. So everybody should be drinking, everybody should probably be drinking more water. And if you do a little food diary, which you know, Jane, I'm a huge fan mm-hmm. of food diaries, and right. you just take a look at how much how much water you're actually drinking um, compared to how much you should be, which is really based on, you know, there's there's a quickie method that, it, that people often recommend in terms of the six to eight glasses, but really it depends on kind of how tall you are, you know, how much you weigh, that kind of thing. Um, but that's not a bad thing to aim for, right? Think mm-hmm. back to the last time that you actually, you know, had those six to eight classes in a day. Um, the other thing that I really make a habit of doing is two vegetables and two fruits uh, every single day. That was something that I met with a nutritionist once um, many years back. And again, um, that's another thing that I highly recommend for all of you, your listeners. I know that it can be expensive, but having one session with a nutritionist, somebody else to look at your food diary, mm-hmm. listen to your habits, answer your questions, an expert, um, could do wonders. Just one session could absolutely do wonders for you. Um, and again, if you think back, you know, when was the last time that I really got two vegetables and two fruits in every single day? Um, it might kind of surprise you. You know that you have to do it, but actually working it in um, can be complicated for some people. And some of the little things that, you know, I and other people in my office will do is, you know, maybe you at the beginning of the week, you show up at your office with five apples. And, uh, you know, every day I'm going to have one of those, you know, or I have some coworkers who um, literally have like a pitcher of water or they'll have um, uh, like a water bottle um, at the side of their desk. So anytime, you know, you get that urge, you know, anytime you're thirsty, it's right there next to you. It's not some kind of production to get up and go get a bottle of water or go to the water fountain or something like that. So there are really simple things that you can do um, in order to improve your diet. But again, I'm all about I'm all about personalized health. I'm all about personalized diet plans because what works for me may not work for you, Jane, may not work for, for Lori. So it really comes down to everybody's body being different and working with a nutritionist and working through, you know, a food diary that you keep on your own and what you know of your own body and reading through magazines like Family Circle for the latest information in order to figure out what works best for you and your body. You are so darn healthy and you are so generous. Who would have thought that you share your apples, your water? Laura, you can't have my apples, just so you know. <laughs> I would say that I share them, although I do, and I have to admit. I'll come to um, your office and get my apples. <laughs> We, we do get fruits and veggies here, which is really nice. We also get cookies and cakes sent to us. <laughs> so there's a, there's, there's a lot that comes through our You're offices. the health director. You said, no, 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 just apples and water for me, right? You have to send them to the whole office. But, you know, another thing about going to a nutritionist, and, and you know, my husband, now I nag him, you know, why are you eating? Why do you can't eat that? Your arteries don't know the, you know, that it's your birthday, and they don't know that you shouldn't be eating strawberry shortcake. They'll say, oh, this looks good. I'm going to have it. Who cares you have coronary artery disease? So they're kind of working against you here with those little inner voices. But if you go 
to a nutritionist and you let him, her, whoever, um, your loved one, your partner, whoever you want to send, speak, you know, he's accountable or she's accountable to someone other than you who's going to be mm-hmm. maybe not so nice in your suggestions, uh, mm-hmm. nagging It's the word maybe that comes to mind, that <laughs> they, they would be able then to, they can answer to someone else other than you. And, and I yeah. think that's a good thing because sometimes they will listen more to someone else because obviously everybody else knows more than you right although I, although i do <laughs> think you, that you, i do advocate, advocate for people knowing their bodies very well no i couldn't agree with you more it really is nice to have that other person in the room in order to hold uh your partner or you yourself accountable um but if you you know if if you also want to do a food diary I'm a huge you know that I'm a huge fan of that you truly will be surprised um, when you look at the times you know it has to be a detailed diary you know I've had people do food diaries for stories before and they'll come back and you know I'll look at their food diary and I'll say so you didn't drink anything today <laughs> you know they'd only put down the foods that they ate or Uh-oh. they didn't start eating until one o'clock in the afternoon and said so what happened between the time that you woke up and one o'clock oh, I was so busy a double latte you know, and, cream doesn't doesn't yeah, I mean, it really will surprise you when you sit down and you have it in black and white in front of you. Wow, I go for long periods of time without eating. Or, ooh, I really do snack a lot. Or, you know, oh, <laughs> that actually, I got I got that comment once when I was checking out of a supermarket. <laughs> the, the guy behind, the guy who was checking me out, he said, wow, you like a lot of our snack food. And I said, ooh. <laughs> First yeah. I was thinking, that's none of your business. But yeah. then I thought, you know what, he's right. I should have more green veggies in here, you know, so sometimes it does take somebody else to bring something to your attention. Absolutely. That is, that is very, very true. Well, Lynette, we have come to the, I could keep you on for the next 10 shows here and you have to come back. There's so much that we didn't get to, we, we didn't get to. And, 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 Thank you so much uh, for being with us. I will see you as, you know, obviously in the New York Marathon, I'm sure I'll be the one standing in the sidelines and giving you liquids to hydrate you as you go (laughs) along, of course. And tell our listeners, Family Circle is on every newsstand. Is there a familycircle.com that they can click on to as well? Please go to familycircle.com. Please follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Um, And, um, yeah, check out our upcoming September issue. It's going to be huge um, because it's our back-to-school issue. And there's some really amazing stories in there that I really hope your readers will get a chance to check out. So. We are going, yes, the, the column is, um, I, I believe there's a column, What's Wrong With Me? And that is a hypochondriac yes. dream come true. It is dedicated to me. So just so yes. you know, you're going to come we'll back and them. talk about that. And I will have you diagnose me just like on the air. That will be very fun and exciting. Lori <laughs> <laughs> oh, has heard about all my all my things. I'm basically very, very healthy. But sometimes I think I'm not. My disease of the day calendar doesn't always get it right. So, <laughs> well, thank you again, Linnea. Thank you for coming on with us. And uh, everyone stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break. And when we return, I'll be speaking with S. Ipetha about her career and also the Merck Diabetes Challenge. You're listening to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. Stay with us. We'll be right back. As listeners of our iHeartRadio Talk Show know, Jane Wilkins Michael is one of the foremost experts on all things health, beauty, and fitness. Jane has just released her highly anticipated new book, Long Live You, a step-by-step plan to look and feel better than before. In it, she shares a collection of advice, tips, and personal antidotes, along with lifestyle suggestions from some of the world's top beauty, health, and fitness experts, many of whom have been interviewed on this show. Are you hoping to make positive health decisions, improve your emotional well-being, establish a support system, give something back to your community and the world? Jane's new book will help you look years younger and also live a longer, healthier, happier, and more beautiful life. You can order Long Live You, your step-by-step plan to look and feel better than before at your local bookstore or at Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com, where it's available for delivery or as an ebook. Or go to Jane's website, janewilkinsmichael.com. Now, back to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. Want to know where you can hear Jane Wilkins Michael's show better than before? Well, that's easy. You can tune into Jane via Clear Channel's iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, 
iTunes, and at bmajor.org. Now, back to Jane Wilkins-Michael and Better Than Before. Welcome back, everyone. We are on the air live. You are listening to the Jane Wilkins-Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. We're coming to you live from New York City. I want to thank you again for being with us. I am here with Lori, as always. Now it is my great, great pleasure to bring on someone who I spoke of in the introduction. She is S. Epatha Merkerson, an Emmy, Golden Globe, SAG, and four-time NAACP Image Award winner who has won critical acclaim for her work in theater, film, and television. She has done it all, but I am actually partial to her years as that no-nonsense Lieutenant Anita Van Buren on Law and Order. I have never missed a show. And this fall, she will be on a new series on NBC, also produced by Dick Wolf, called Chicago Med. Now, S. Epatha also plays a different role. Twelve years ago, as I mentioned in the intro, she was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and is now working with Merck and the American Diabetes Association on the America's Diabetes Challenge. Welcome to the show, Essie Paytha. Thank you so much for being with us. It really is my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. I have to remember to say the S. I wrote a big S in all my notes. It was my <laughs> mantra today. S epatha. S epatha. So, but That's it's so S. I have to I have to remember that S. So, well, uh, I'll let you get by with just epatha. Okay. All right. That's yeah. I'll just cross out all those S's. But so epatha. Before we talk about your amazing, the highlights of your amazing career in the first segment, we had on the health director of Family Circle, who is a big fan of yours, by the way, and you. You know, we talked about diet and, and how important it is for our overall well-being. And I was reading about you, and 12 years ago, in a very unusual way, you got a blood sugar <laughs> tested at the NBC4 Health and Fitness Expo in D.C., and you yeah. thought you were doing a public service, and guess what? It came back that you had, what, type 2 diabetes. So tell us a little yeah. bit about that day. Well, it was, like, like you said, it was an unusual way to find out. There were, you know, booths set up. Uh, and I went to the booth where the chef was cooking nutritious meals, and then there was an area of exercise, and I participated in, you know, in a little exercise at, at moment. And then uh, Howard University had a medical table set up, and the camera's following me the whole time. And we get to I sit down for a blood sugar test, and and, you know, I'm looking in the camera and saying, see, it doesn't hurt and those kinds of things. And when the lights go out, the, the doctor comes up to me and he says, when you finish, could you come back over? And I'm thinking he'll probably want an autograph or a picture <laughs> or something. So when I'm all finished with the day, I walk over and he says, I'd like to check your blood sugar again. It was a little high. Mm. And I was like, uh, what? No. <laughs> and, Oh. Certainly, and that's how I found out. I went to my doctor, and and uh, sure enough, was diagnosed with type two. Type two, whatever. And that was a that was a wake up call, right? Something that you had absolutely. Hadn't, I mean, hadn't you know, expected. there's my history in my family, and but uh, at the time, I didn't recognize any of the symptoms, uh, and and so, you know, I've started this whole regimented tried to change my life. It, it, it's been a struggle, but, you know, I've been really good at, at really trying to focus and, and, and stay with the proper A1C. Yeah, so that, and we're going to talk about the A1C in a moment, but, you know, we did a show recently on diabetes, and I think the doctor mentioned there are around 79 million adults over 45 who are affected by type 2 diabetes nationwide, and I think that's 79 million, you know, too too many, basically. And I know sometimes we in New York City call it the big fat apple. <laughs> so, yeah, right. <laughs> now, are we, Epatha, are we eating ourselves into type 2 diabetes for the most part with all of the amounts of sugar and everything that we, I mean, does that affect our levels, our glucose levels? I'm sure it does in some way, but does it have a long-term effect? You know, I think the most important thing that, you know, because I'm not a doctor, and I think the most important thing that I try to uh, uh, express to people is that they go to see their doctors or their healthcare providers because it, it for me it was a change in diet it was a it was a lifestyle change change in diet and and exercising you know sometimes when you're on a set you do a lot of sitting and 
So I had to figure out how to incorporate exercise in my day so that I'm not always sitting down. But if you go to your doctor, because what I've learned about type 2 diabetes is that it's a manageable disease. And so you sit and you talk with your doctor, you you get the A1C test, you find out what your your A1C goal is, and you, then you set uh, you, you, he sets a, a, a treatment p- program for you. The two of you talk about how to get to goal. And so it's more individualized. I, I think talking about specific things, um, you know, for me it was letting go of sugar. For me it was watching the starches. Um, uh, you know, even sitting down at, with 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 friends and having dinner and, you know, maybe having a glass of wine or just having water. You know, it, it, it's such an individualized um, um, subject for, for the person and, and their doctor. Um, to talk about specific things for more people would be wrong of me. I can tell you from my perspective and what I've learned uh, – working this campaign with Merck and and the American Diabetes Association. Right. So it is individual, but even, let's say for my husband, for example, simple carbohydrates turn to sugar Mm -hmm. for him. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think, and and I've heard this, that as you get older, um, you can be more in the pre-diabetic stage or in the honeymoon period, as I think they Mm -hmm. called his stage. And it it does have that long-term effect. In fact, he had a heart attack, and the only thing that was slightly off was with everything I know, right? Go go figure. Um, But with everything that was slightly off, it was his blood sugars blood sugar. that were, were off. Now, mm-hmm. you mentioned the test, the A1C. Is that something you have, is that part of your regular physical, or do you have to ask for it specifically? Well, I would ask. I, I think it's important. I, you know, I, before I was diagnosed, I didn't know what A1C was. Right. And again, I say I have a history of diabetes in my family. I don't think we knew. We've been having that dialogue now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is a simple blood test. It's something that it's administered at your doctor's office or your healthcare provider that allows the doctor to see how well you're managing your diabetes over a two to three month period. You know, as diabetics, we take our, I do, twice a day. I know what it is at that moment in the morning and in the evening. But the A1C is, is an overview. And then we're talking about management. Mm-hmm. And that's why the A1C is so important. So I, I, would, I would suggest to people who are listening, for information, we have a great website, americasdiabeteschallenge.com. And there's some great, uh, in, there's information there that will allow you to go to your doctor armed with questions. Because I think sometimes we're either intimidated or we think of something when we leave um, write these questions down, and A1C would be the first uh, thing that you would ask is for, to find out if you're having a blood test, what your A1C is, and that's the beginning of of uh, intelligent diabetes, uh, type two diabetes management. Right, and also as you mentioned, the and and then after that to to sort of take another look at your lifestyle because it and I always say um, I always say to my listeners and and it's lifestyle may uh, genetics loads the gun but lifestyle pulls the trigger so yes. whatever you have and whatever they find always usually can can really get get better with with a better management of of what you eat uh, and what and what you don't eat I should say yeah exactly uh, but, <laughs> right. I mean, even better, right? My husband right. asked for a steak, and I, I said, really? You're going to have a steak? You're just out of the cath lab for your fifth stent, and that's what you want? He goes, well, I'm not going to have, like, the mashed potatoes. I said, you're missing oh the point here. So, but, you know, the interesting thing about type 2 is that what we what we know of it is it is usually adult onset. And so, for me, I was diagnosed at 50. So, already, there are eating habits that I have to change. And at 50, it's so hard to think of making these amazing changes in your life, but certainly I felt better 
making those changes. You know what I mean? So I understand your husband, even though he's gone through all of this, you know, the, the idea is you have to really focus on how to make those changes. And it, it, it's a struggle. Right. And as you say, adding exercise also, just moving, getting your yeah. body to move. You don't have to run the a family circle editor runs marathons, which, you know, that's something that I claim I do. But certainly, as I said, I was running for the phone, slipped on the rug and broke my leg. But that's not always. <laughs> so not, not even talking about marathons here. However, <laughs> you know, if you just add a little bit of just move, yeah. and I think that makes such a difference. And, and I know. I'm sorry. I, I just want to mention that I noticed that your your mother went skydiving in high heels in when she was 85. Was that was no, that correct? not in high heels. Oh. <laughs> they certainly oh. would not have allowed that. I said I read in high heels. I thought, wait a minute, that's something yeah. I have not tried. And I was yeah, thinking they of, certainly uh-oh. wouldn't have allowed that. But at 85, <laughs> she's skydiving 88 now. Yeah, at 85, she went skydiving. Right. Um, and she's always exercised. I, I, my mother changed her diet probably around the age of 40. She changed her diet and she started exercising uh, a half an hour every day. And to this day, she goes to play golf. She's very active at 88. So at 85, when she decided to go skydiving, it was like, okay. (laughs) My goodness. Maybe okay. I just added the high heels because that's on my bucket list. I mean, I thought, wow, that's, <laughs> it's, exactly. it's bad enough that I broke my hip skiing, wink, wink, down Mount Everest. So in oh heli skiing, so you have to yeah. you have to add a little spice to all of your sports, obviously. <laughs> Indeed. You know, hey, tell me about your partnership with Merck and the American Diabetes uh, Association and America's uh, Diabetes Challenge. How did you get involved with that? Well, I, you know, it, it, there, a call came in, and, and I responded to it. I think that uh, sometimes when you're in positions where your voice can be heard, you know, entertainment, um, music, and whatever puts you in front, when you have an opportunity to speak on something that you're going through personally, because I think what happens is is that people see, as he pays a Merkerson, struggling with this and but being focused and trying so hard to make changes in her life and having some success at it perhaps that will help them reach out to family members or co-workers or friends or themselves so when they asked would I be involved with this campaign it just seemed like a no-brainer and and true when we We've been all over the country. No matter where we go, someone always asks me how I responded to the diagnosis and what have I done so far. And so now there's a dialogue, and they have something that they can tell. Oh, you know, she's she's type 2 diabetic, and look at what she's doing. You know, we tweet the messages on Facebook with the messages, and I think it's helping. And so, you know, it's the least I can do. It's like giving back. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and any time you spread information that will help people live better lives, um, I, I think, it, you know, it, it's an easy it's an easy thing to, for me to do. An easy decision to make. Now, speaking of spreading yeah. happiness, Ipeva, you have mm-hmm. all your career. I've been a big, big fan of yours and certainly throughout your shows. Now, let's talk a little bit, if you will. In September, you have a new series on NBC. Yes, okay. uh, a new a, a series uh, created by Dick Wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got two shows in Chicago now, one Chicago Fire and Chicago PD, and the new installment is Chicago Med, and and I will be playing the head of the hospital. So um, I'm really looking forward to uh, heading out to Chicago, and and I, we're set for 13 episodes. Oh, is there anything that Dick Wolf doesn't produce? I mean, maybe we should go. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I think he's got the entire television world. He produces everything on the air. Now, will you be as tough as Lieutenant Abigail Von Buren, or are you going well, to be a little Well, soft? we'll see. I, you know, we'll see. It's all so brand new. I, I haven't even gotten a script yet. There's very little that I know about the character other than the fact that uh, she she's the head of the hospital. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk to them uh, soon about being able to maybe even incorporate the type 2 diabetes into the character's story um, because those that's where it really makes an impact as well. Uh, you know, when you can uh, talk about those things within the context of, of, of the show and uh, make, make a mark. But it, at this point, uh, you know, we're going out there uh, soon, very soon. We start shooting on at September 3rd. Um, so I'll be finding out more about the show, but guaranteed it's a Dick Wolf, Wolf production. It's going to be well written. I mean, you know that by just watching the Law and Order episodes. Oh, definitely. And I'll look for it if there's a diabetes episode. I'll look. I knew it first, everyone. I know. <laughs> I, I think spoiler it would be alert. Fascinating. <laughs> spoiler alert, everyone. Right. Spoiler alert. <laughs> So in 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 our wrap up, and again, thank you so much for being with us. It was really wonderful. And you're not as tough as the lieutenant. I can tell you. sweetheart. That's what you are. Well, so thank you. to to end our show, what advice? That kind of wrap up the advice that you would give to people to to help either their knowledge, expand their knowledge of type 2 diabetes, or what can they do if it's been discovered to diagnose that they have it? What are your suggestions? First, find out what your A1C is. Also, no high uh, uh, blood sugar levels, but also know what happens when your blood sugar is too low. These are conversations that you have with your doctor. And, and again, we have a website, americasdiabeteschallenge.com, and there, there's information on what uh, causes uh, high and low blood sugar um, and the, the um, effects when they go untreated. There's information about that. There are questions that you can ask your doctor. But I think the first thing is, is to find out what that A1C is and and set that goal and try to attain it. That's where I'm going next. I'm going to ro- jog over to the doctor and get a test because I don't know. I think that there could be some. Because did you have symptoms? I mean, is there something that um, you well, sometimes I didn't, you don't know? I didn't recognize it. And, right. And so exactly. now in retrospect, yes, I did. You right. know, frequent urination, feeling thirsty. You know, mm-hmm. those were, as I thought back, oh, wow, okay, this is a part of it. And I'll tell you, my, I'm one of five children, and, and the brother above me is now, has now been diagnosed. And so the conversations in our family now include, you know, what are we eating? You know, what's on the dinner table? Uh, because it's a part of our history. My dad died from complications. My grandmother lost her sight. We have family members who had lower extremities uh, amputated. That's what happens when it goes unchecked. So it's it's important. The important thing to know is that it is a manageable disease. But we have to be proactive. Thank you for sharing this. Thank you so much for being on our show. Everyone check out, for sure, the American Diabetes Challenge and S. Epatha's new show in September. Everyone, that's our show. Again, thank you, and thank you all for listening. This is Jane Wilkins-Michael. I will see you next week. Until then, be wise, be well, be better than before. Have a question for Jane and want to be on the next Better Than Before show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. The Jane Wilkins Michael Show is brought to you by Express Scripts and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org.